So in 2018, the provincial government changed the rules such that there would be no rent control on new rental units. And, you know, here we are in a rental crisis right now, but some people are going over the numbers and insisting that that did incentivize people to actually construct rental units. Uh, here to explain what it all means, because I have no freaking idea, is Professor Steve Pomeroy from McMaster University. Nice to have you. Good morning, Professor. Morning, John. Okay, so what effect did changing that policy have? And what's interesting, of course, is it means we have rent control on everything before 2018 and nothing since. Yeah, well, well, actually, there was a much more significant decision that was made in 1998 when we changed the rent regulation from um, all units, regardless of whether someone stays in it or someone leaves, were, were restricted to the rent, annual rent guideline. In 1998, that would change to actually create a thing called vacancy decontrol. So when a unit was vacated, the landlord could raise the rent to whatever they wanted, and that would actually create uh, greater uh, um, profitability for, for, for investors and therefore incent development was the intent of that particular change. And that was seen as, as a, a fair way to sort of balance, protect existing tenants, a unit that no one's living in there, we're not hurting anybody. So uh, allowing the rents to go up more there is good and it'll incent the industry to build. And that's certainly the argument that industry made. Um, but in the, in the subsequent 20 years or 16 years to around about 2015, we really didn't see any significant increase in rental construction in Ontario. It started to push up a little bit in 2016, 17, and then this change in 2018, which basically said uh, any any units that were built, you know, after that uh, point in time, uh, they wouldn't be subject to rent control. And that, that was a further attempt to, and, and again, in response to industry, uh, that if you deregulate, we will build. And we have seen a slight uptick in building. We, you know, housing starts in Ontario for rental went from, from around about 10% of all construction to about 15%. Um, but when you compare Ontario to the rest of the country, the increase in new rental construction in Ontario lags far behind all of the other provinces and, and, and the rest of Canada. So to, to sort of say that the government policy change caused an increase in construction, I think the increase in construction uh, was a phenomenon that was happening all across the country. And it reflected a shift in demographics and demand and population growth that created very strong rental demand. And therefore, the as markets do, the market it responded to strong demand by building more. Now, if I understand correctly, the real issue is that, you know, you can build a tower with 40 units in it, and if it's a condo, you can sell them all and get your money back and turn your profit. If you're building a rental tower, then it takes a lot longer to make any money. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, basically, you're looking at you know long-term cash flows, and you capitalize those cash flows to a present value and figure out what it's really worth. So it's a different type of investment, different type of investor. Um, you know, over time, of course, as asset values go up, as they have in the same way that home prices have gone up, uh, the investors in those properties, part of their return comes from those increasing cash flows as rents rise over time. But most of their return actually comes in the form of a capital gain when they sell the asset to another investor uh, downstream. So there are two different things going on. But I think the point you're making there, and it's it's especially a, a, a true in Toronto, because in Toronto, the condo market is so dominant, um, and to some extent in, in, in Vancouver as well, in the high cost cities, you know, people want to own, they can't afford to buy a single family house, they buy condos. So you've got strong condo markets in those more expensive cities, and uh, condos and rental are competing for the same multi-residential land, and rental just can't compete against condo, in it. and so the condo development really crowds out the rental piece. Uh, so simply, you know, allow 
allowing some tweaks on the rents really isn't probably enough uh, to overcome that um, um, uncompetitive sort of situation of rental versus condo in the expensive Yeah. Uh, of course, on the flip side, though, an awful lot of condos are investment condos that are being rented out anyway. So we're sort of knocking down two tiles at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, twenty to thirty percent, depending on which city you're in. Certainly in Toronto, it's thirty, thirty-five percent of uh, of condos are sold to investor buyers, and that is an indirect form of rental supply as well. I mean, there is a difference between sort of the purpose-built rental stock, where you've got large rental corporations with you know a couple of hundred unit buildings uh, providing rentals. The security of tenure for tenants there is a little bit stronger, uh, in that a an investor-owned condo, if they want one of their kids to move in the unit or they sell the unit, and the new owner wants to occupy it themselves. Uh, those tenants tend to get evicted as a result of that change. Uh, so there is, you know, say, that slightly weaker uh, uh, security of tenure than you would have in a purpose-built rental building. So many aspects to this file. I think I'll have to make a date with you to talk off the air so I can learn more. Thanks for this. You're welcome, John. Take care. That's Professor Steve Pomeroy from McMaster University's Canadian Housing Evidence Collaborative.